The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games podcast network. This week's episode is brought to you by the amazing people over at patreon.com slash PSVG. Now, if you're not a member of our Patreon, uh, you know, number one, what's wrong with you? Like, seriously, a dollar. It's just one. We don't even ask for a lot. We're not like, hey, you need to, for just $20 a month, you get, no, one dollar. One dollar, Bob. The lowest bid actually wins in the PSVG prices, right? And what that gets you is exclusive episodes of PSVG DLC, our unrated show where Donnie just tells all these stories about his life and Josh does that makes everyone else's lives seem much more tame and timid than the rest of the world. Uh, you also get Arcadia Academia, Kevin Hates Everything, and Bored with Everything, which I'm going to take a quick second and say I really like this show. And if you're not, if you don't know what it is because you're not a Patreon supporter, well, number one, again, what the heck is wrong with you? Um, but what Bored with Everything does is Josh and Kyle come to the table with a guest and they just have topics. And it's whatever they want to talk about. The person can't veto the topic. So if Josh says he wants to talk about My Little Ponies again for the 10th time, well, then they're going to talk about My Little Ponies. You have to accept it and like it. Um, but it's cool to hear dialogues uh, from different perspectives of the PSVG team uh, talking about subjects you normally wouldn't hear us chat about. So it's definitely worth your dollar. Uh, so just that dollar gets you access to that in the Patreon exclusive chat room in our Discord, the Battle Pass, and of course, our undying love and eternal gratitude. So to get in on the action and help support us, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG. Thank yous especially to Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Chris M., Paul Calico, Kyle Heyman, and Coach Hulk. We love you guys. And I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm doing that weird thing with my hands to make a heart shape and putting it over my chest. So just imagine that. Take a second. Breathe it in. It's beautiful. And on to this week's episode of PSVG Prime. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of PSVG Prime, the flagship show of the PSVG Podcast Network. Is that your host, Kevin? With me is the baby Yoda to my Mandalorian, Mr. Lucas Rose. Hmm? Yes? Wait. Baby Yoda wouldn't sound like that. Uh, or would he? Mm, yes. <laughs> I mean, has baby Yoda made a noise yet? No. If a wait, if a baby Yoda falls in the woods and no one's around, does it make a noise? Does the woods fall on the baby Yoda? Because then it at least make a squish noise, I'm sure. That's true, but if no one's around to hear it. Hmm. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say okay. no. That's yeah, fair. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm good. You know, I'm actually very surprised that you had that much amount of oxygen in your lungs to to say all of that without breathing. I could have kept going, but I feel after a certain point, normally 10, 15 minutes into the show, I annoy people anyway. So I figure I shouldn't do it within the first 30, 45 seconds. Well, then you would just be showing off and no one likes to show off. Like, oh, That's... look how much air is in my lungs. <laughs> yeah. I can hold my breath for like a minute. 
Plus, I'm just like punch drunk at this point. Work would have been like a whirlwind this week because it's that moment where like you're like, hey, I'm going on vacation, so I, I get to relax and wind down. But you <laughs> spend the entire week stressing out about making sure everything's done. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's like you're getting in all that work there right at the end. Like it's all just coming up. To, it's like a deadline, basically. Yeah. And yeah. It's like struggling. And I had numerous things like come to the wire today at like two o'clock this afternoon. Like, hey, Kevin, I really need this done. Like right now, can you pull some strings and have, you know, so-and-so approve this and work with this and work with that? And I'm like, I'm I'm like supposed to be packing at this point. Like I'm, I worked from home <laughs> all week. So I took the lazy route and was like, I'm not even going to the office. I'll just stay home and do stuff in between. Nice. So I'm doing laundry. I'm cleaning. I'm packing my stuff. And then like people bug me. I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be on vacation, but I don't want to do work. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> And then, and then in the back of my head, I'm just stressing out about like, which I shouldn't be thinking about what I'm walking back into when I come back and I'm almost dreading that. No, yes. Right. It's like, I'm going on vacation. I shouldn't think about work. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have so much work when I get back from vacation. Don't poison the well. You just have to, what, what is it with us as Americans? I feel like it's really hard for us to separate ourselves from work for those that have jobs like that. You know, some jobs are easier to walk, walk away from than others, but. I feel like office environments, especially. Yes. Yeah, for sure. When I was in retail, didn't matter. I'd walk out like, see ya. Like, it didn't matter. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) Well, even when I was manager, I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's still going to be, it's still going to be crappy when I get back. What difference does it make? You know? (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm just kind of up. We're doing the show literally the day before uh, I get on a plane. So I have to, we have to record the show Then I need to edit the show and then post the show. So that there is a show for all you lovely people listening on Monday. That's dedication. It's true. It's true. Walt Disney would be uh, very proud of you. Actually, he probably would because he was a workaholic himself. If you've watched the the Imagineering, not yet, but I want to. Oh, I'm going to. It's good stuff. On. It's good stuff. Um, but this isn't a Disney podcast, although tonight it might be <laughs> themed that way when we get to the questions. But we're here to talk about some video games. So let's start things off as we normally do with talking about what we have been playing. And, and oh, I haven't told you this yet. So we're going to talk about this live. Ooh. I have our uh, friend of the, the podcast, Mr. Jacob Rush from Nintendo Nostalgia, mm-hmm. is going to be making some original music for us to put in a bumper as to when we go into what we've been playing. Oh, so, yes. Yes. Yep. We need bumpers. Yep. So bu- I get, I, there needs bumpers for everything. At this point, at that point, we would officially have a bumper for everything. Excellent. So it'll work out. And, and I gave him some inspiration. Uh, and and sent him some uh, Mega Man style inspiration. Yes. So it should be pretty banging when we when we get that. Hopefully he has a chance to. I told him it doesn't need to be long. It only needs to be like ten to thirty seconds. But we need a little something something. So my question is, how much beatboxing will be that will be in the song? I mean, who knows? I've heard some of the stuff he's done. Um, he's actually written some music for an indie game. He wrote the entire soundtrack for them. Oh, nice. So he's, and he has very different styles. So it's not just like a one note where like, oh, this all sounds like. Mega Man, or this all sounds like Donkey Kong. Like yeah. He does some pretty funky stuff, and uh, I've, I've listened to a lot of it, and that's why I said, like, hey, would you be interested in doing this? He's like, heck yeah, I would. So I'm like, awesome. He's like, just cool. send me some inspiration. So I sent him a couple different tracks, and uh, hopefully hopefully we'll have something with it, you know, in the new year to, to unveil. You know, people are going to be looking more forward to that than they are to what we've been playing. I don't blame them at all, actually, because <laughs> I just hate everything, apparently, so it's, it's all good. It's true. Um, so since I hate everything, why don't we let you go first? Okay. And then I'll crap over everyone's hopes and dreams. Well, I need to make up. Sounds good. I need to make up for last week because, you know, I didn't play much in that span. Yeah. But uh, I worked on that. I went I went home. I took your guys' advice, your comments, your critiques. And I said, 
I want to play some video games. It was hard. You know, I will admit it was hard to play video games, but I did it. Uh, one of the things I did is I'm, I am playing Outer Worlds. I still am playing that game. I don't want to make it sound like I'm not. I'm working on it. It's it's a longer game, and uh, I'm enjoying it. it. It is one of those games where I feel like if I don't have at least like an hour and a half to put into it, I don't want to play it because I just, I don't know. I don't feel like I get anywhere. Um, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm chipping away at it like a big old block of ice, you know, chiseling. So uh, other than that, I tried out the Red Strings Club. Mm. And I had said when we were talking about this coming out on uh, Game Pass, I was like, ooh, I had my eye on this. And so I figured, hey, maybe I should give it a shot, see what I think, and uh, talk about it. Because I think this is a game where people see it and they're like, okay, I like this. Or yeah. or I hate it immediately. Um, so... I loaded it up. I didn't really know what to expect from it, except for I knew it was a cyberpunk uh, pixel art sort of story driven narrative game, I guess. Adventure yeah, yeah. game. Um, adventure game. Not really. Uh, so it has you doing some pretty interesting things. Uh, you start off in this this bar called the Red Strings Club, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a story going on. You, you're learning. You're meeting some characters and they're talking to one another. And um and then something happens that I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, something happens and it kind of kicks off the, the, the story, the actual story itself. And um, it has you doing some pretty interesting things. If you've watched the trailer, I know one thing it showed was mixing drinks and uh, you do that because you'll see someone and you'll learn about what, what qualities are, are, um, kind of inside them in their spirit or whatever. And so mm-hmm. you mix drinks that are based on the things that they're feeling like fear or uh, success or, or not success, but um, um, pride, I guess you could say, okay. you know, yeah. something like that, things that appeal to their, their person. And uh, depending on what drinks you mix, it changes like the way that they respond to your questions Ooh. and stuff. So when you're playing as the bartender, um, you're doing a lot of question asking when you're playing as uh, another character. It has you basically using a pottery, a pottery wheel uh, or a clay table or whatever to, to spin this bio organic matter that you use to create uh, implants that you give to people who come in requesting for certain things, such as they want to be more persuasive or they don't want to care about what people say on the internet weirdly enough. Um, So it's, it's this really weird mini game where you're given a, um, a shape to make out of this organic matter. And then you click to spin the wheel and then you just kind of use the mouse to sort of edge in and, and shape this, this clay into that mold. And then, you know, you make it and you're not graded on it or anything. You're just, you just kind of do it and it, it was like this weird sort of Zen moment between reading all of this text. And sure. uh, yeah, I imagine there'll be more little games like this. Cause they're all sort of these little mini games that you have to play. And uh, I don't know. It has just kind of a really uh, chill um, sort of offbeat 
rhythm to it that is kind of nice to play as sort of your off game, like when you don't feel like playing uh, yeah. something that you really have to pay attention to or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of excited to see where the story goes. Obviously, that's probably the biggest reason for playing this. Right. Um, and I think that stuff I just talked about may turn some people off. I'm sure there's people out there who are like, Ugh, I thought it was like a point and click adventure game, which it definitely is not, or at least it isn't yet. Yeah, so right. if you're getting that impression, uh, it is not that. So don't go into this thinking that that's what it is, but it does drip a lot of uh, style and uh, it has some music that's, that's really good. And uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. So now this one, like I, I want to play this one and it's, it's actually only on game pass on PC. It's not on console. So yeah, there's a reason for that. I was wondering that myself, like what was going on there thinking that it might've been on another console. Like Mm. it it totally could be a switch game. Uh, It has no controller support. You have to play with a mouse. Oh, geez. So I don't know if that's something that's coming later, but yeah, I was not prepared for that when I was sitting in my armchair as opposed to sitting at the desk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a bummer because I kind of just, sometimes I just want to chill with a controller like anybody else. Yeah. We're real man. Yeah, exactly. Don't judge me. Uh, Speaking of judging, I don't really have a a judgment on this game because I'm not really far in it. I probably played about two hours of it. So not not super long into it but that's a lot of reading honestly yeah yeah tom servo so he's not passing judgment in the game yet yes everyone making that clear (laughs) just chill out um two other games that i've been playing dragon quest 11 so i was getting like going to get this from the library and i knew Mm -hmm. that and i knew there was a demo and i had heard that you can bring your save over which i love anytime that happens it's just great great thing to do. So I'm like, okay, well then I will get a jump start on this game so that I have let, I have to work less at getting it back before yeah, yeah. the, the end of the, the rental. rental. Um, so I started out playing the demo and probably got about four hours into it before the, the rental was in. So I went and picked it up and I continued playing via the cartridge and I really am enjoying this game. Actually, Hmm. Uh, the music is great. However, I will say after having played it for a little while, the main theme or the overworld theme gets kind of tiresome after a while, even though it's done really well, there's an kind of an expectation where you go into certain areas that are themed like uh, such and such woods or, or whatever. Some of these places you think would have a different song to them. And sometimes they don't. And I noticed it mostly in these woods that were kind of supposed to seem eerie, but it's still playing this sort of bombastic overworld, <laughs> happy overworld music, music. Yeah. yeah like, eh, that kind of, but then there's other places that do have their own music. So it's not, I don't know. It's kind of hit or miss in that, in that section. But uh, the mu- the reason why I bring that up is because the music was actually redone for this uh, definitive edition where it was synthesized before. Now it's fully uh, orchestral. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Um, I haven't played the 2d version yet, but I don't really plan on doing that because I would rather beat it in 3d and, and then go back and play 2d because it's sort of a companion from what I've read, like a companion thing to do as opposed to replacing playing 3d. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's charming. Like the art style is great because it's the, the characters were drawn by the guy who does dragon ball. So Mm -hmm. 
like they have that that look to them which is not something i've seen as someone who's never played dragon quest before and i'll tell you one thing i really enjoy the fact that they go out of their way to make cutscenes that don't seem like everyone's just standing around like oh yeah yeah Okay. There, there are cutscenes where people are just standing around, but they have like the little uh, movements that still make them seem like they're alive, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the way that the story is presented, I just feel like it's something I've been craving uh, since I tried out Fire Emblem and then found out that it was just static pictures of people yeah. in text. Um, and tea. And tea. tea. Lots of tea. Lots of tea. And teaching students. Um so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. The the monsters all look cute too. The I decided to play in the old school turn-based combat mode. You can kind of wander around in the, the combat as well, but that didn't really uh that wasn't something I was really interested in. And uh, you know, I'm still only like six or seven hours in, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I know I have a long way to go, but uh it, it is kind of what I was looking for in an JRPG at this time. Now, all that said, the other game I've been playing is Soul Calibur 6. I tried this out because of Humble Bumble. And uh, yikes. <laughs> this I feel like this series has not changed in like four <laughs> iterations. Yeah, or ever. Like, what have you been doing? Because there's a story mode. There's like a... Um, timeline story mode where you get to play as the characters that you know of from the game oh sure and then there's another mode where you create a character and this isn't the first time they've done this i don't think i remember character creation in four or five i think so um and so there's a story mode there but guess what it's nowhere near mortal kombat 11 for instance i know even street fighter has like cutscenes and stuff and you might be saying well why are you playing a fighting game for the story but Things like Mortal Kombat 11 show you that like there can be a really cool story if you do it right. Yeah, Injustice um, has done it too. The la- the two yeah. Injustice games both have great stories. Yeah, exactly. Nether Realm is just I mean they're mm-hmm. really great at doing that, and so I'm not expecting it to be awesome. But then I start playing it, and all of the the in between the fights are just cutscene or are just uh like the the art of the person talking, and then you know text boxes, yeah. which. I know I just talked about that in other games, but like from an indie game that's pixel art, like I expect text boxes, but here, I mean, they are fully voiced, but like, what have you been doing this whole time? You, you create fighters, you create arenas, and then you balance the game. So what have you been doing for the rest of that time? Right. Like, how do you make a story mode so bad? Like, I don't know. Still make a story mode at that point. Like, yeah, exactly. It kind of reminded me of the souls, um, thing from, uh, smash brothers where you, oh, like, yeah, yeah. you're on that souls board or whatever. And spirits. But yeah. Or spirits. Yeah. So, but even that, like you're wandering around and doing your own thing. Whereas like, you you know, you're just kind of picking what fights you do Yeah. But here. It's just like, I don't care about all this stuff. I don't know. I was expecting more of a cinematic thing. And what I got was like a book. Hmm. I don't want a book from my fighting game. No, those two things don't seem like they go together. So not at all. That said, I don't know. The combat's okay, but it really doesn't feel like it's changed at all. So I don't know. That one was kind of a miss for me. That's it. That's it. That's everything. 
I uh, I wrapped up, as I mentioned last week, Luigi's Mansion 3. Done. Yeah. I beat it in four sessions. Nice. <laughs> so with, with the wife, co-op with the wife. Um, really, really like it. I think it's definitely the best uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, that they've done so far. And I'm pretty comfortable saying, I think, that for me, this was the best Switch game of 2019. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it definitely is better with two people. Um, <clears throat> I'd be interested hearing more once you're able to play it and, and even from Jason as he gets further into it because I feel like having to do some of the things you'd have to do with Luigi and Guigi, managing it with one person, I don't see it being as much fun. Oh. So I think that's kind of where I think some people might end up being torn on it, just the fact that it's not dependent on having two people, but I think it's definitely a much better experience with two people uh, once you get to that point. Um, it's overall not a hard game. There's a couple boss battles that were hard, but ironically enough, they weren't even like the last bosses, although the, the final boss was pretty tough. But there was like a hmm. boss in the middle of the game I think I had more problem with than most of the game overall. But um, really innovative boss designs because uh, it, it's it's each floor of the hotel, the mansion, differently themed, right? Mm-hmm. So every boss of each floor is also themed in the same manner of that. You have, um, this is not uh, one thing for anybody interested in, like an ice uh, floor where everything's like snow. Maybe the boss would be like a polar bear or a penguin ghost. They do things like that. So it actually ties directly into um, what the the level is. Um, so that it gives a little more familiarity with it and you kind of know what to expect as you get through that floor saying, gotcha. okay, well, I've done all this. Then this boss is going to be similar to that. Um, I know I did hear him mention on flex suppose that, uh, he did find it a little annoying when you get to certain points where you obtained an item, which was the goal and away from you. And then you had to kind of chase after it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that in itself, um, happens a few times so i know it's going to irritate jason even more once he gets to those oh no um, happens like two or three times i think in the game overall so yeah those are kind of a little crappy and it seems like it was done basically to slow your your pacing down a little bit i think and make you mm-hmm. go back to floors again which if you sent that game or just your completionist kind of person you do have to go back to floors you've already beaten once you gain new abilities uh with your poltergust your vacuum um, or with Guigi, like as you unlock different abilities and move further on, you would have back and find things you missed before. Not mandatory to beat the game, but if you're one of those people uh, that would drive you nuts having to have to go back and complete things after you beat the game. Um, as predicted, though, I did not get to try any of the multiplayer stuff they had in there um, mm. that were outside the, the regular campaign. So uh, I will eventually definitely buy this game, um, and then I'll get back to that eventually. Uh, on a sale or something like that, but definitely a, a, a very ended switch owner. I think it's definitely fun and times, especially in a year where I think a lot of people kind of look down at Nintendo's offering because it's like, well, if you're not a Pokemon person, <laughs> then there wasn't what is there huge things like Luigi. I think is probably the most the safest bet. I think for most most gamers uh, with Nintendo's uh, this year, Yoshi was good too, but that was a little too cutesy. I think for some people. So I think that turned some people off and then Fire Emblem, as we saw it too, sold very well, but been device as far as what they thought they were getting versus what they actually got. So mm-hmm. um, if bet, but I enjoyed it. So worth playing. Second one, uh, 
listener Chaufi actually hooked me up and sent me his copy of Days Gone on PS4. Wow. So uh, he said it's been sitting on his shelf, so he hopes that I would be able to enjoy it. So I told him I would jump right on this, uh, which I have. And I've played the heck out of this game, Lucas. Are you familiar with this game at all? Because I know it's it's PS4, but... I mean, I looked at videos and stuff, and I was curious about reviews. Um, so I know certain perspectives from when it came out um, that looked on it not so fair favorably. Like, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but it could have been better, was basically the kind of the feeling that I was getting. Yeah, and that, that seems to echo what we've heard from people. And Donnie, Donnie it's an open-world action-adventure survival horror game. Like, there's a lot going Yeah, that's a lot of them. Yeah, it's a lot of things going on. Like, it plays, like, when you're running around, it's very much like Assassin's Creed-ish stamina and you run through and you, you can combat certain things but you can get overwhelmed it's not just like you're op and can run through anything um you know your weapons aren't great because it's the apocalypse so stuff breaks or it's just bad condition it doesn't shoot straight or you know if you have melee weapons a la legend of zelda they can break <laughs> they don't last oh, forever so i don't hear anyone you, complaining about that in this game which is which is true because that just occurred to me now i was like oh man that's right my melee weapon breaks all the time but i haven't complained about it here like i did in breath of the wild um because you can repair the like the parts to to rebuild it's so, like the one i've used for almost the entire game is i had a baseball bat and that kept breaking but eventually you unlock the ability to put nails into the baseball bat so you have like oh, the spiked yes. bat so i just use that and i just keep fixing it when i whenever i can whatever it's about to break so i don't classic yeah um but yeah your character is basically he's a former like um um and this world is just overrun with zombies. Uh, you're trying to survive with your biker buddy, a uh, boozer who's like your, your um, gang member, I guess they were like biker gangs and you're kind of in search of your wife who you lost. Uh, I think it's like two years, two and a half years prior. Like when the, when the outbreak first happened, uh, you put her on a plane on a helicopter because, but you weren't able to go with her. So like, Wait, I'll come find you. Did, did he say get to the chapa to her? I wish he did. That would be fantastic. That's probably why she left him. <laughs> well, I'm well, never coming back to that guy. He missed a golden opportunity. Yeah, right. Um, so now you're just in this world where, like, it's it's you know two years after the after the air quotes apocalypse, people are kind of uh, segregated themselves into different camps, and you know you you're a drifter in this game. So your job is based by different camps to do jobs. Like, hey, you need to go find me some meds, and I'll pay you. Or you need to go clear out this area so my people can scavenge over here and I'll give you parts for your motorcycle. Um, so you're kind of just like a hired hand, essentially. Pretty much, I think, the driving factor in this. The one thing I heard people complain about before, but it's not bothering is you don't find out the whole story progressively as you go forward. Like you're kind of just, you're given a brief setting up period, like a two-minute cutscene, and then it drops into the game and you discover more of the story you play so it kind of like quentin tarantino's back like you find a scene like hey okay now you've done this and so i'm gonna go back a year and show you this scene this is just like zelda because you had to go find the memories see ah. every game is breath of the wild every That's game is breath of the wild saying. you're right you're right it's true <laughs> you have a motorcycle the wild eventually had a motorcycle with the dlc well it's weird because in days gone the motorcycle's name was epona or epona or whatever so just really <laughs> weird coincidences right on the nose right on the nose um but it's really cool. I'm I'm enjoying the con and the 
survivalness of it um and just how you have to win favor with the different camps because as you win over camps you can gain better weapons or the ability to purchase better weapons from them or better upgrades for your bike because your bike is your main mode of transportation um you can't just data point b you actually can't even fast travel unless you have your bike with gas to cover it so like gas mm. is another thing you need to worry about is the condition of your bike uh, you have to find like gas tanks and refill whatever you can or there are some leftover gas stations that are around and you could go to the pump and, and kind of just fill it up there as you go along but it's it's a different dynamic that i'm appreciating you know unlocking the abilities unlocking the upgrades rather um for your bike as you go along and your guy just genuinely learns things like you get the skill points instead of just saying increasing my damage i'm going to increase my stamina there are points you can do that but it's more like hey your guy learned the ability just in animal you gain meat from it which mm. you then sell to the camps for more money and more favor or you can learn to track things better like your enemies or you know animals deer or wolves to hunt um so they're different types of abilities better shooting capability not just like hey i do more damage or i take less damage it's it's more sophisticated than that um but overall i think it's a really it's a really unique than other stuff i've played it doesn't play like um oh god what's the zombie game i played before earlier this year dead rising Mm, yeah, they're capable as big as Dead Rising, but Dead Rising you could just mow through them no problem. Yeah, this is like no, you need to be careful about what you do and how you approach things. And the game doesn't really hold your hand as into hey, this is the best way to do it. It's like no, you got to figure out what you're doing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really cool, different take, and I think uh, a lot of the issues that were there maybe at launch have been patched out because I haven't had single issues or anything like that. And I'm just having a ton of fun with it. So thank you, Chalfie. I'm, I'm going to keep playing it till. Um, but I am absolutely loving it so far. And I think if you have a PS4, this is uh, one of those exclusives that you must play and don't sleep on it. So if you tried it before and didn't like it, maybe give it another shot because of the patches and stuff. But uh, I'm having a great time with this game. Nice. I feel like I would like it. but I think you would. I think uh, you would. Uh huh. PlayStation. For just a dollar, you can sign up for <laughs> patreon.com slash Exactly. Please, guys, my children have not eaten since the last time I begged you for money. <laughs> you talked about Thanksgiving last week. Oh, oh, um, it was all plastic food that you buy from Fisher Price. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, see, I threw you for a loop. I said I, I hate all games, and I gave you that I actually really like this week. Yeah. You 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 really uh you pulled the uh switcheroo. You set up an expectation and then you came in and said no no and pulled the rug out from under us. I did. What I a did. showman. I did. And speaking of showman, it's time for this man to show you what the listener sent in this week. It's time to check out the messages. Message for you, sir. As Lucas is silently dying in the background. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) First question comes in from Dev Atias. He asks, this is where we said that the thing's going to turn a little bit Disney themed here because I I was going on vacation. So everyone sent us vacation questions. Yeah, this is the one I get to answer. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one not directly tied to Disney. What's your ideal gamer vacation? Like if you could take a vacation centered around video games, what would it be? Hashtag prime question, which I used on Twitter this week. If you notice, nice. I did it. Nice. Anyway, you can go first, Lucas. I've talked enough. Okay. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. 
Japan. I would go to Japan. Now that seems like the obvious choice, right? Because a lot of games come from Japan, arguably sort of a birthplace of the what? I said all games. All games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the birthplace of gaming as we know it now, really. Um, But like, I think it's more because of the way that games are treated there. Like they still have arcades and stuff. Yeah. And that's really uh, between that and all of the shops that sell the stuff that we, you know, hold dear these days, the, the retro shops and everything. Um, and even characters from, uh, from different series of games are treated with more respect there. Like here we know like Mario, Mm-hmm. maybe donkey kong you know that type of thing but they're like wasn't it um uh your alter ego who justin who was saying yeah. that like he was able to buy so much dragon quest slime stuff because like slimes there are just huge or whatever so part of the culture there they just they just live and breathe video games like it's it's normal for them exactly so i think just that in conjunction with just the way that japan is with you know all the neon and the restaurants and noodle shops and everything just would make for a really cool experience um so yeah and and i've always wanted to go to japan anyway so i'm actually with you i would love to go to japan i've always thought about doing it my wife has zero desire to do so never happened but (laughs) to answer the question i think your answer is great um but for me that didn't immediately me I actually thought of two things. Uh, number one is the PSVG E3 house part. It'd be pretty ah, darn fun. Nice. Um, yes. So it's centered around video games, although I don't feel like we're going to play enough video games. <laughs> no. But, you know, it's there, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But the other thing I thought of was actually heading up to New York and visiting that strong museum of play. Ah, yeah. Matt talks about all the time, and that we yeah. you know, I talk to the authors of the book. I think that'd be great because it's it's a museum dedicated to the history of video games. So much like you, where like you go to Japan and get that culture of the birthplace, um, this would be my way of doing so without leaving the United States. I like which that, I, which I think legally I'm not allowed to, but that's, <laughs> that's not for this podcast. That's for DLC. I didn't think you could even cross state lines, but Shh, I don't know. So that's our answers there, Dev. Thank you, sir. Good question. Good question. Absolutely. So we're going to jump to Nathan. Now, I. so Lucas, have you been to Walt Disney World? Once when I was like eight. Okay. So some of your answers might be dated. <laughs> I don't oh. even. Oh, well, here. I don't even remember most of that anyway. So there you go. Well, maybe you can answer what hypothetically you think would be your favorite stuff. But Nathan asked, which <laughs> in each park is your favorite? And likewise, which park overall is your favorite? So we'll start there because the second one is, is really directed specifically to me. Um, so when you went, Lucas, so you were eight, right? Uh, yeah, six or eight, something like okay. that. Okay, so you had Magic Kingdom then. You had Epcot then. Hollywood Studios is probably there. GM Studios? I I you want to you want me to tell you my one memory that I remember? Yeah. And maybe that will answer it. So I'm sure they still do it, but when I was a kid, the autograph books yeah. were like the big thing. So I remember getting uh specifically, I think it was Goofy's autograph, and I was so terrified to do it because when you're that young, these you know, these people in suits, of course, I mean you don't really 
think of it that way at yeah. the time um are huge you know oh, yeah. they're like mascots you're kind of afraid of them um and honestly i don't remember much else besides that i don't know why i i huh. i have a terrible memory when yeah. it comes to like anything below 10 or 12 years old i remember the universal studios better okay. than i remember really that yeah because you're a movie nerd Pro- well i didn't know it then but th- it planted the seeds deep <laughs> within did. my brain it did so there you go what about you well, i will say first off I, my first trip to disney i was six as well and, and i remember every single part no of <laughs> i don't remember anything either i remember okay. one thing and that was like the old um figment ride in epcot i remember the all i remember i remember nothing else about the trip too so i'm just i'm with you hmm. all right we had traumatic childhoods and we we suppressed all the memories i was gonna say i think they put something in the snow cones or something there maybe. that like you had a good time but you don't remember any of the specifics maybe hey and oh. i love doing the autographs and my four-year-old is psyched to do it uh for the first time because last time she went she was one but she understands now so she's for what she <laughs> oh my god and her sister showed them uh theirs their autograph book she's like really well like yeah you can go up to anyone you want and they'll sign your book and she's like i, I want to do that one. okay no problem so yeah now there's more of them too oh god dude, they're all over the place um the, the best part is we have her scheduled on magic kingdom to go to the bippity boppity boutique Ooh. and what this is which you'll know if you if you take kids eventually because your daughter will have to do it it's a requirement for all female children <laughs> to go into the park you go and it's it's uh and they do your hair and makeup all super fancy, Ooh. but they do it like it's a big to do as everything at Disney is. And don't see what they're doing the entire time. Oh. Um, so they have like two people dressed up like the fairy godmother and they like work on your on your kid to do the makeup, do the hair. They spray glitter in it, hairspray the whole nine, like get them all fancy. And then the last second, they'll turn them around and you capture that moment where they see their face and their hair for the first time. It's always like the, <gasps> yeah. you know. I'm and they take they, they get photos of that and all that stuff. Of her doing that, and that day she's actually going to wear her Rapunzel costume to Magic Kingdom. <laughs> nice. She's going to get her hair all done, stuff like that. Immediately after that, we have fast passes for her to go and meet Rapunzel. Oh, so that's me. Nice. Which we did something similar for my oldest when she was gosh six or seven where she had hers done like Ariel and then she met Ariel right after and like the character totally fed into like oh my god you look just like me you know like in the whole thing and those are just memories that you remember as a parent like forever after that see my kid's gonna be like I want to be done up like Cruella de Vil that's fine I'd be hey, all for that everybody you know is it gonna be like the new Emma Stone Cruella de Vil like that one oh yeah that's true <laughs> the yeah. punk rock leather and chains Cruella de Vil yeah probably awesome, awesome. um so to answer your question, Nathan, uh, which area in each park is your favorite? Okay, uh, let's start. Uh, Animal Kingdom. So that's the one with the giant tree with all the animals and stuff like that given. Okay. Uh, my favorite section of that, I have not seen the Avatar world yet. I will experience that for the first time uh, this year. So prior to that, I'll have to say it's the dinosaur area. I love the the theming. It's very Jurassic Park-ish. Uh, they have like the giant is cut up like dinosaurs. They have some animatronics there. There's a giant playground that's done like a... Um, an archaeological dig site dig for and like made to look like a dinosaur stuff. Nice. And there's a little, um, almost like those traveling carnivals. You'd never trust your kids to go and ride on. <laughs> there's one of all those of set up. Yeah. And it's all dinosaur themed there too. So they have like the old timey games, like the, you know, whack-a-mole and stuff like that. And it's all themed to dinosaurs. So I like that section there. 
um, Hollywood Studios. I will be going and seeing the whole new Star Wars land this time. It was not there last time. Just that one ride was there last time. Star Tours has been. Um, but once again, I can't say that yet, but that probably will be once I go. Um, so prior to that, my favorite part of arc was actually the sci-fi diner. Sci-fi cafe. That's what it was. And you'd probably like this, Lucas, to be honest. So you go in there and it's it's all inside. It's a restaurant, actually. So it's not a ride. It's not an attraction. It's a restaurant. Okay. Um, but you walk in and in like 1950s, 1960s, and you walk inside. It looks like you're outside at night once you walk in. So there's like stars. Everything's black, but it looks like there's stars in the sky. Oh, that's cool. And it's a drive. Oh, <laughs> nice. They're all these Cadillacs. And you actually sit in those to eat and they're converted into tables. I feel like I've seen a picture of this. Maybe. Probably. And the entire time they're showing on the big screen because it's a legit drive-in um, sci-fi and horror clips from like that era. Like they're all family friendly, obviously, but like you get to see glimpses of like those cheesy, you know, D sci-fi movies. Yeah. That's and awesome. It's, it's fun. And the the, per, the woman come up and they do give you car side service and they take your, your order. Then they go into the back and they have the food set up there, but it just looks like an outdoor so you're sitting there and you're just there. And I don't know why I've always loved that part of the park. It's one of my favorite things um, to experience. What else? Cot. Um, favorite area in Epcot. I like the World Showcase. I'm an old person, I guess, in that thing. So that's the part where you massively walk from country to country. Like there's Mexico, there's Canada, United Kingdom, you know, United States, uh, France, Italy, the whole nine. And each section is done up culturally in that manner. And they have shops and foods specific to those locations. Hmm. Um, so I go through and sample foods from all the places. I love eating in Mexico. It's one of my favorite restaurants. Uh, we're eating in China um, this year. But uh, in Japan there, they have the coolest shop in all of Disney, I feel. And it's all stuff that's imported from Japan. So you know, those things like gaming culture. Stuff yeah. Like, like they yeah. always have Legend of Zelda stuff there. And it's like, I find that so weird in Disney to find that. But. <laughs> It's it's pretty cool. So I think the World Showcase and Epcot's my favorite. And Magic Kingdom, favorite area, um, Tomorrowland, where it's all like the the future, um, but it's done in like the image of what we thought the future was going to look like. So it's not really. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I think those are my favorite favorites as far as each park. So long answer. Sorry, Nathan, but you asked. There's a lot of meat <laughs> on that bone there. So Skinny Matt asks another Walt Disney World question, but this one's a little bit easier. What is your favorite ride at Walt Disney World? So Lucas, do you do you have a favorite ride at Walt Disney World, or would you would you take a guess at what it would be? Uh, what is it? Space Mountain? Is that yes? Yes, that's in Tomorrowland. <laughs> the only, literally, the only one I know. I think you know it's a small world. Well, yeah, but who's gonna say that's their favorite? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. Um. So I do Space Mountain is one of my favorites, um, as well as Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, which is in MGM Studios, Hollywood Studios now. Sorry, the renaming. Uh, but I think my favorite all overall ride in Walt Disney World is a lame one when you think of Thrill, but it's the Haunted Mansion. I just love that. I think you've said that before thing. or yeah. like talked about it before. Probably. Carol and I kind of geek out about those types of things. Um, where I just like it because it's 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 timeless. It's one of the earlier rides in the Magic Kingdom that's still there, and you know they've updated and things like that. But it's still just a lot of cool visual effects, uh, great music, and I don't know. I just love it. Always have. So those are my answers. Nice. And if you don't like it, too damn bad. 
because I'm tell someone wrong. who cares. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. You're you're going to Disney. You can like whatever you want. Yep. I don't know um, if I'll ever go to Disney. Honestly, you have to at least once. I I mean I want to, but that For, would require a lot of saving. I can help you do it right. There's ways. Can you just give me piles of money? Money. I'm I'm as poor as you. <laughs> Oh no, no. <laughs> you you Jason and I all have very similar living experiences. It's true. <laughs> so um but yeah, it can be done. It can be done. You, you do have to say don't give me to say for this one, but it can be done. Um but that's all the questions we have for this week. So thank you everybody for sending those in. Uh reminder you can always hit as we ask before every show or tweet at us at PSVG on Twitter and let us know what you want us to banter about. But now it's been another week, so it's time to move on to the news of the week. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite news outlet on the Citadel. Lucas, why don't you go first? Yeah. Uh, Okay, so this one might kind of... We have some wrestling fans in the audience, I think, or at least in PSVG land. Uh, So... I was only slightly aware of what was going on with uh, WWE 2K20 and its horrible failures, i.e. people posting the the ridiculous gifts and stuff of the gameplay and all of the horrible nightmare fuel that goes on there. Yeah. So basically, we're finding out now that, uh, what is it? I guess Double Digit is who made uh, 2K20. Um, instead of uh, Yuki or whatever it's called, Yukes, right? Well, What's no, that? No, <laughs> the article is double digit people quit. Right, right. No, I'm saying yeah, it's double digit. The people who make it now made 2K20, right? Oh, are you saying double? <laughs> <laughs> 2K Games made the game. That's why it's 2K. No, no, but it used to be Ukes, right? And then, okay, this is confusing. This is confusing because it looks like the studio is called Double Digit, which then is developed or um, published by 2K, right? THQ. Yeah, THQ. Yeah. has the license before that was THQ. Ah, okay. Digits, how many people left? But yeah, the the way they worded me, it's not like double digit was the people working on it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, like I said, I uh, I don't buy these games because I know how bad they end up usually. Um, But anyways, so basically, whoever that whoever's making it now, (laughs) quit, quit, and that is because of the um, uh, the basically the the level of quality and the reception of two K twenty, which is going to see, according to this article, the budget slashed for 2K21, which I don't know how you're going to do that because if your game's already bad, why would you cut the budget of the next iteration? Maybe just don't have the next iteration. Skip it. Yeah, because I don't know how you cut the budget because I I would imagine a large portion of the budget is simply the the licensing. That's true. The character, like, because that can't be cheap in my mind to to license everything from WWE. But I mean, maybe it is, but it's very, uh, very unusual. But yeah, I don't know. But this article is weird because I don't know who Ukes is. But yes, it's, it's worded as if we're supposed to know who they are. They, 
I know that they were involved in the making of the games before because I remember seeing their logo when I boot up the game. I've never heard of that. Yikes. Japanese video game developer based in Osaka. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See? Oh, I didn't know they were Japanese, though. That's strange. But anyways, uh, yeah, it it should be noted. This this goes on to say it should be noted that nothing official on the WWE 2K21 has been announced at all. And again, double digit employees quitting the WWE 2K20. What a weird like I don't know the way they put it in quotes and everything makes it just seem like I don't yeah know. it sounds like that's, that's the ridiculous. team yeah because yeah. I don't know why it's even I guess because it's rumor and they can't sit there and say like exactly so many people quit but like you think a double digit that's ten to ninety nine people like that's yeah. a big I think maybe that's what they had to do the air quotes like double might be ten you know like yeah that's true so I guess to me the bigger takeaway is that we could see some budget uh, due to poor sales and all of this bad reception and everything we could see a budget cut here and. Which means, as this is quoted, which means less money to fix things, less money to innovate, and now there's about ten less people on the team. Oh, okay, so it, they do at least try to, yeah, give you a, a roundabout number, but still, yeah, it's, it's, it's not weird. looking good, right? And that's that's what it said. Like, you know, okay, you get a smaller budget. I'm wondering how long the license they have is for, because it does say, well, it may eventually lead to them taking the the license elsewhere, and that ultimately might be better for everybody if they do that. So. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like our, our wrestling games haven't been good since the 64 days. And I, I think yep. a lot of people feel that way. So I don't think that's a big idea or a big uh, um, leap to take. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems pretty bad. Like it's, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Lucas, have you heard of Twitch? Uh, I'm more of a mixer guy myself. But yeah, I've heard I've heard of it. I don't think it's that big. Okay. Have you heard of Twitch Prime? Heard of what? Twitch Prime. Um, I saw something on Amazon about it. Exactly. So it, <laughs> this this whole thing is uh, kind of tongue in cheek here. Uh, Lucas, what Twitch Prime was. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime as long as you link your account. And what you get is some freebie stuff. Uh, for having them linked together and sometimes it's just things like hey you get this weapon skin if you happen to own you know PUBG on pc or legends stuff and stuff like that yeah. but you also get and lucas was unaware sorry lucas <laughs> no free sure. games every month prime you get rotate different games and not you can you can redeem and, and click and, and own um so we probably something we should cover on the show much like we do at ps plus and games with gold so from now on we're gonna we're gonna be doing that so if you were not aware, you still should be live uh, as this show goes on the air. You can get the new Toe Jam and Earl game back in the groove. Hugh, when ski lifts go wrong, which I don't know what that is, but that sounds very intriguing, <laughs> um, which I have played. Uh, and then Sherlock Holmes, uh, The Devil's Daughter, which those Sherlock Holmes games always look to be pretty decent, but I don't think I've actually ever played one. Yeah, I, I think I have. I better claim it just in case, but mm -hmm. I think I have this um, from something else as well, okay. because I, I did the same thing. I'm like, pretty sure those Sherlock Holmes games are pretty good and like nobody plays them for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. So, I mean, if you're unaware, get Twitch Prime if you have Amazon Prime. I've gotten games like there's games in my library. I still haven't played them all, but like the messenger I've gotten through that. Like there's, there's all these ones I've gotten through. Um, and they kind of rotate them in and out much like, you know, Epic games will give you a game here and there for free and stuff like that. But 
Prime always does every month. They give you at least a couple. I don't think rarely have I seen like five, but they normally do like two or three every month that I've seen. So hmm. make sure you, we'll try and keep you updated as they change out. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's there for folks that want to take advantage of. I'm sure Jason's probably told me about this too, and I just was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll do it some other time, and then never went back to. Or it. or it's like the Ninja Turtle leaves you out to hang dry. He doesn't. He's not going to help you. You know, sometimes, sometimes your friends are your worst enemies. Enemies. That's what they call them. Frenemies. Oh, that's true. Anyway, what else you got? <laughs> um, I'll save what I guess is the biggest talking point for last as I like to do. So speaking of last, the next Outlast game will Ooh. be multiplayer. Ooh. Um, this obviously developed by Double Digits. Uh, famous developer. <laughs> uh, so this is called the Outlast Trials, and it's a survival horror for up to four players. Now, uh, the developers go on to say that this is not a replacement for Outlast 3. That will still be in the works. So if you're worried, yep. like, oh, they're jumping the shark on this. Uh, no, this is, I guess, maybe a spinoff. Uh, the Outlast Trials is part of the same fiction. However, it's just set in the middle of the Cold War era. Players will apparently take on the role of test subjects taking part in an unknown experiment. Uh, our mm. team is hard at work creating a new experience that will bring fear and anxiety to millions of players, whether they go through the experiments alone, so it is possible to play alone, or with friends. And that leads me to this question, Kevin. Do you believe it's possible to be to have a scary game experience on the same level of a single-player game as with a multiplayer game? I, so we obviously haven't seen it. I will say that much very definitively. I've never mm-hmm. seen it. has been like dead by daylight. Um, there's been a couple of different other games that have tried to do these multiplayer Friday the 13th, but they're not scary. They're just kind of make you tense. Cause tense, you gotta yeah. avoid the killer. Like, but they're not scary in the way outlast was like definitively scary. Like that game scared the crap out of me when you play it in the dark and with the headphones on, like as I was told to do, and that's how I played it. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. but I will say, I feel like I would have the confidence in this team doing it because it's not like, Hey, this is the first time we've made a horror game. So we're going to start with this. That's true. It's like we have the foundation. So hopefully I don't think it'll be as scary, but I think it might have to do a little something. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go. And I'm also interested to see how it can be single player and for up to four people. Like what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and also what the gameplay is like in general, because is it just going to be sort of level based like Left 4 Dead or like are there going to yeah. be objectives? Like how does how does that work? Like this poster almost looks like they're wearing like VR headsets. It does. It does. But I think, I, I think it's the night vision goggles instead of looking was, at the camera. I think. It's yeah, I was going to say, I think it's their way of getting around the camera thing. And I don't know why, but the first my head would be like escaping saw like traps because the way they're saying it's trials like i would think it's not just over after one so it's multiple things we have to escape whatever's happening so i don't know i just thought saw for some reason i don't know i could see that well in the way it's being worded they're careful not to say like yeah they're saying unknown experiment they're not saying like creatures or yep. a thing that escaped or, or whatever so i think we have some pretty uh uh big horror fans horror game fans mm-hmm. out there so yeah i mean i don't know i don't think it says 
when they're hoping to release this, but uh, it's coming down the pipeline. Fair enough. Fair enough. So from the desk of uh, WTF, mm. uh, Snoop Dogg is an NHL 20. Uh, and not just okay. as a player, he can, he can be a player because, and I mean, player, not player. Not, uh, not, uh, I'm not speaking Ebonics. I'm, I'm saying player. Right. Um, <laughs> and also you can set him as an announcer. <laughs> so when I think of hockey, I don't uh, think Snoop Dogg, I'm not even sure Snoop is a hockey fan. I don't think I associate him with any sport, honestly. I I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. So I, the article says someone at EA Sports must have lost a bet because that's the only explanation they could have for Snoop Dogg showing up. Um, But yeah, he's he's there. He's got a custom jersey. Uh, long new zip code across the bottom. I don't know why. Because <laughs> nothing is ever on there in the hockey thing. So it's very weird. It is. And I don't, I don't know why. Um, but this isn't the first time Snoop's been injected into a game, but at least before commentator commentator on uh, UFC three. So, mm. I so mean, okay, that, I guess for UFC, all right, maybe, but hockey, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's a big fan of hockey and we just never knew. And we're just making assumptions that he can't like hockey. I don't know. Uh, Maybe Snoop has done a lot of things. He has worked with EA in the past. He's um, been behind the in previews of games in the past. So maybe it's just like, a, you know, hey, Snoop, we love you. We want to just do something. He's like, all right, for shizzle. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and and they just added in like it was just something like that. Like it's pure just, you know, fanboying like that. The studio actually really likes him. Like, hey, we want to work with him. Go like a Snoop. Snoop seems like he'll do anything at this point. Like, let's be honest. Like he. Yeah, he's he's just he's become the star Wars of, of rap where like he's he be everywhere <laughs> marketed and licensed out to whoever wants it. You know, it's true. So, which is yeah. funny because he's not really family friendly at all, or at least he never was. And not in my mind anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it, I would feel like it would be difficult. My perception of him is that he would show up extremely high. Mm-hmm. So I can't believe he gets this much like this type of work. I guess maybe it doesn't matter, but yeah. or maybe he takes it really seriously. I I, I don't know, but lean like it's like ah oh, man, I haven't smoked in three weeks. I've been prepping for this role. <laughs> yeah. I take it very seriously. This is my one shot. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Mm-hmm. Uh I had another one here from the desk okay. of uh ridiculousness. And uh, actually, I think my my next three stories are all ridiculous. But this one here, our buddy here, Doctor Disrespect, yeah, is teaming with Skybound. Which, if you're not familiar with Skybound, is co-founded by Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman for a potential TV show. So wow. now the doc is is divisive to say the least. I think, especially amongst mm-hmm. our community, some people love, him, some people absolutely hate him. I, I find him entertaining because of his character, this persona, Dr. Disrespect. So part of the deal, uh, they will develop a scripted narrative television series around the Dr. Disrespect character. So the series would actually focus on how the doc became the doc, basically oh. like an origin story for his. Tw- <laughs> <laughs> so if you've watched clips of Dr. Disrespect, the 
quality he puts in in his effort in Twitch streams, like where he has different backdrops, like he'll walk from room to room in air quotes virtually yeah scenarios and stuff like that you know he has his car that he'll drive in he has the the helicopter he has all the different rooms in in the the champions club arena um that his character is completely ridiculous and over the top that i could find this well i can't see this being on tv i could be wrong but i could easily see this being a web series Mm -hmm. and potentially be really freaking funny and i don't know why like in my head like i could just see them doing this and it being great but yeah, they said it's very early in production and, and planning stages, but this is apparently is a thing. I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. I I mean, like when you put that much, it, he he doesn't just stream. I mean, he's playing a yeah, character all the time. Absolutely. And whether you like him or not, that's an entertainer as opposed yes. to somebody who's, uh, you know, just showing up and playing video games. I know it's not that simple, but comparatively mm-hmm. speaking you know nobody's worrying about how my uh 3d ba- or my um my layered background with my green screen and everything like how that's coming across or driving in my car or whatever in the yep. shot it's just i don't know i think it's pretty cool and and, and it shows that if you put some work into what you do something good might come of it yep. but if it's like anything that ever is going to become a show of some sort. It'll probably get canceled before it takes off. Probably, but he'll still get the paycheck. And I think that's all really he cares about to be honest. <laughs> is but, that all we all care about? It's true. I mean, he, he won't be, he, he's not the first person obviously to go from like Twitch to expand. Uh, Ninja has done so successfully, not anything TV wise, but you know, he has toys. Now Like you walked on the target aisle and like the boys toy section, there's Ninja toys now. He has Nerf Whoa. guns, like Ninja Nerf guns. Like he's he's expanding, obviously clearly topping the the Fortnite wave that he continues to ride, being his main uh, go to thing. Um, yeah, this is definitely something different going through, but yeah. So I, I just thought it was interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll what else you got? Uh, lastly, so speaking of interesting, I thought this was something that they'll probably talk in on the playstation island Mm -hmm. right it's an island uh playstation is no longer interested in making handheld consoles now i read this article and when they were talking to uh, president and ceo of sony interactive entertainment jim ryan i believe is who they were talking for to for this article or got quotes from or whatever um he was talking to they basically they were getting quotes. That's what it was. They were getting quotes from what he said about this subject. And it seemed to me like they were blaming mobile gaming for <laughs> not wanting to make a handheld console. And I'm like, isn't the, like the switch and the 3ds both, you know, they did. Cause he, one of the quotes was basically nobody wants a dedicated gaming machine that's handheld. <laughs> so what is the switch? What is the 3ds? Pretty sure right. all they do is play games and they outsold everything Sony's ever done. Like, yes. Exactly. The 3ds is like the top selling game console period ever. Like, cause the amount I, I feel like if it were me, I would do the same thing and just focus on, cause clearly the future is apparently having so many console models that it rivals car dealerships with different yeah. luxury options. But 
I feel like PlayStation is is probably going to do better in that area than trying to develop another handheld that will probably. I mean, the Switch already has a foothold. It's too late. Oh yeah. yeah. So, really, all you're saying is that you're throwing in the towel and you're just wording it in a PR way that makes you sound less defeated than you really have been in yeah. that area. It's, it's really weird. It is. That's that's what I was gonna say. It's very odd. They could just simply say, well. You know, with the Vita and with the PSP, the things that we tried, we couldn't get that foothold. We couldn't get that market share we wanted. So we're not going to continue to just throw money and trying to fight something that's not in our interest. We want to focus on the future and the PS5 and blah, blah, blah. Like that to me makes more sense than saying nobody wants a handheld because, I mean, Nintendo has proven for the last, what, 20, 25 years of the Game Boy that that's not true. People will mm-hmm. say, yes, the mobile market's absolutely huge. Like no one's going to deny that. But the games you played on the the Vita and the switch and the 3ds are very different than what you're playing on a mobile on a cell phone. Yeah, that's, that's true too. And I mean, I don't play mobile games. I, I don't, I've never found one that has really changed my mind on that. And I've tried a few, so it's just seems like kind of a weak excuse. I'm sorry. I, I guess what people should say is that you may not like mobile games, but you like your games mobile. Oh, Look at you. Mm-hmm. That could be a tagline for uh, their surprise new handheld console. <laughs> there you go. Like, it's not a handheld. You don't hold it with your hands. You just strap it to your face. Exactly. Uh, I only ever had the PS uh, PSP, and it was mm-hmm. all right. Did you ever have one of their yeah. handhelds? Yeah, Which, PSP. PSP? Yeah. I don't know how you follow up with the Vita after that, though. So, yeah series of missteps anyways i don't mean to be hating on playstation i just thought this was kind of if anybody else did it i'd be like come on what are you doing yeah it's ultimately the decision is for the best it's just their reasoning that they're trying to put forth doesn't doesn't make sense it doesn't it it kind of strikes me sort of as typical sony a little bit the way that they they uh try to present themselves i guess so uh, maybe it's no surprise there but yeah so there you have it. Don't expect any uh, backwards compatibility if you're holding on to your PSP and Vita games. Yeah. The, they're going to make a handheld machine that plays all of them. No, no. it's not happening. They're not even making a handheld machine that plays any of them. They so. did say in the thing that they weren't ruling out a possible. It's not ruling out a possibility of some sort of mobile ga- or handheld gaming with the PS5. I thought that was an interesting thing, but I think that's just the writer and not any quote from playstation themselves so the idea that they would even go that far i think is a little far-fetched fair enough so last week was last week black friday people bought stuff right lots of stuff well amazon had a sale and and amazon even came out and said after black friday the number one selling console for black friday was nintendo switch okay so there were some folks in the uk at least a dozen who bought the switch as part of Amazon's black Friday sales mm-hmm. that uh, didn't get into the switch. Oh, uh, they, they, get- they got everything from air fresheners to oh, okay. photopolymer resin uh, condoms, I actually, t- tambourines. Sorry. What was that second one? Condoms or the, the photopolymer resin. What's the difference? <laughs> I don't understand the technology behind either of those things. It what? How? Although electric toothbrush, depending on. I mean, at least it's an electronic device. 
right? It's true. That's true. Tambourine is like the like. How does that even? That's like musical instrument section. I don't understand. And that person got a microphone and a tambourine. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of microphone could have been like a like a singing one, or it could have been like a snowball. Who knows? Somebody was uh, gonna really take off their tambourine career by posting some tambourine videos on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it's nuts. Bed sheets, uh, Remington facial trimmer, those dog food. Uh, somebody got a PS4 instead. So I mean, depending on what model is, maybe that's a better deal. Um, yeah, lots of weird things. Amazon doesn't really have an answer. They're just saying like, "Hey, reach out to us. We'll we'll fix your order." That's all they're saying. So I wonder if they get to keep the condoms, or they have to send them back. I mean, I wouldn't be able to send mine back. I mean, if you send them back, can they really do anything with those? Or you guys can be like, no, we have to destroy these because they can't resell them. I don't know. That's true. Well, mine, I was just saying, because mine would have already been used by this point. Right. Right. Imagine. Obviously. And like, they just wrapped the game from Amazon for Christmas and they're under the tree. <laughs> oh, no. And like, yes. the son opens, like a, the eight-year-old son opens up what he thinks is going to be Nintendo Switch. And it's a box of condoms. Explain that, parents. Christmas morning. Amazon would be in a world of trouble if that happened. Like, if if anybody got a news story that was like that, it'd be all over for Amazon. I mean, it it still could happen. Like, to be honest. I mean, I I can't imagine. I open up all my Amazon packages, but I could see some folks, because there's no invoice inside them. It's not like somebody knows how much you paid for it. It's already bubble wrapped if need be. So, realistically... Do like, hey, this is the only thing I ordered. Here's my package. Let's just wrap this bad boy up. I it's somebody doing it. It's probably crazier to check them t- than to not check them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you think about it, yeah, because then so, you got to rewrap it and try to make it look halfway. Once you untape a box, it never wants to wrap right no. once you tape it like yeah. back the way it came. So yeah, yeah. So you have to put in a new box or wrap the box <sighs> that was inside the box, and it's a lot of effort. What's in the box? So yeah, that's wow. that's all we got. That's amazing. Yeah. Insanity. So we'll follow up after the holidays to see if anybody uh, has a story like that afterwards. Can I just say, because you mentioned Black Friday, can mm-hmm. I just say that it's so nice from a news perspective to be away from Black Friday? Because when you're trying to look at for news, all you find are here's what we found as the best deals. It's just like, oh, broken down by category. Come oh, on. God, yes. <laughs> here's all just, the items you should be adding here's the best items on amazon here's the best exactly, items at walmart it's like exactly oh exactly it's just pages and pages and you're just like i just want to know what kojima's next project is good times yeah um that's all i got what do you say what do you say we get the heck out of here okay i've been wanting to do that since we got here <laughs> <laughs> in that case why don't you tell people where they can find you um well, to find to tell other people where they can find you, one must find themselves first. Mm. And I found myself on Twitter at heavy metal underscore riff, and sometimes on the uh, on the old Discord, just at me, bro, and we can have a discussion about your top five movies of 2019, <laughs> mm, if you want, or you if can, you, you know, or anything. Just please, somebody talk to me, please. Anybody, anybody, but not you, listener. You, you specifically, not Sorry. all of us, just you. We're talking. It may have sounded like I said anyone, but I said anyone but you. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. Um, you can follow me at PSVG Kevin. You can follow the show at PSVG. Head over to PSVG.blog to find links to all awesome stuff we do and to get into our Discord. 
and all the other fun stuff. So with that being said, everyone, we are out for the – we will be back next week, hot off vacation, to talk all about the game awards, Ooh. hopefully, unless something happens. But that's the plan. So uh, until then, everybody, never stop gaming. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.